Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. You know, when I have a large project at home, sometimes it makes sense to do it by myself. At other times, I actually save money in the long term and have a much better solution if I use an expert. It's really not that much different with church planning. Church planners who focus on building their core team and actually planting the church and partner with portability experts like Portable Church Industries hit the ground running. Yes, you may have to raise more funds up front, but let me tell you something. If I could go back in a time machine and do one thing different in all the churches that I planted, I would go back and have invested that money in Portable Church and all of the super cool kit that they give you to make the volunteers and their lives much, much easier. Trust me, your volunteers will feel invested in, and they're going to give you more of what they got. And that time where people are setting up is going to be a time where it sets the atmosphere for you to thrive. If you're thinking about launching in the next 6 to 36 months, we encourage you to check them out at PortableChurch.com. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. Calm down, Italy, 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 Italy. They did their best. Shoddily, Italy, Italy, Italy. Gotta be nice. Hostility, Italy, Italy, Italy. Woo, the Flanders quota's back. And you are listening to the Church Planner Podcast with your two favorite hosts in the whole world, Pete Mitchell and the other guy. Yeah, everybody's favorite host. They just don't know it yet. (laughs) Which, by the way, uh, no one on the planet has ever said, oh, you know that podcast with Pete Mitchell and the other guy. (laughs) It's always been the exact opposite. Uh, You know, Peyton Jones, and I think there's some other dude that's on there with him, but I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, that is true, huh? I'm just saying, I'm just throwing that one out there. I I don't know what to say about that. I kind of like it, and then I kind of feel bad about it at the same time. But not enough to change anything. No, because I kind of like it. (laughs) (laughs) It really sucked the other way around. You know, I'm a pastor. I crave attention. I need need people to like me, Pete. If you are just now listening to the Church Planner Podcast for the first time, first of all, shame on you for waiting this long. Uh, and secondly, we like to break up our podcast and do a little something we like to call smack talk, which, yeah, not see now that the soundboards all changed. I got where's my smack talk clip? I say, hey, I was going to point out, by the way, that uh, pastors want people to like them. Church planners, if you're doing it right, you don't give a rip. That's that's actually how it works. Oh, is that? Oh, you want to come to this church plant? Oh, you wouldn't like it. No, you should probably go back to the other church. 
Well, let me tell you something, brother. Now that it's that part of the show where we talk smack, what you gonna do when the Church Planner Podcast runs wild on you? Why does he say things like that? When he says things like that, it hurts my feelings. <laughs> I don't know if I have any good smack talk for this week, though. I, I do. I did pick up another listener for our podcast last night. <laughs> you picked up one whole listener? Dude, how many have you picked up? I went out there. You, you know what, though? What's rad is you told him last night, and you go, watch, we're recording around. I'm going to mention you. I should have done That's that. That's how you right? got him to listen. <laughs> I know it. That's your <laughs> recruitment strategy. Hey, I'll mention you on the podcast if you listen. I should have done that. Yeah. No, that's not how I did it. I was I – was, we were going around the table. I'm not. I'm not yeah. getting into it. We were going yeah, around the table, it. and I'm like, uh, yeah, and uh, and and I work with church planners, and uh, I do the church planner magazine, and I have a podcast that's called Wait for It. <laughs> I literally said that. Wait for it, church planner podcast. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, greatest it's, podcast ever. So I have a question: Is it is our podcast called? Because Barry told me what the real answer was, and I was shocked. Like, really? You know, what? He goes, hey, the name is actually, and I can't remember if, if it was just Church Planner Podcast, or is it The Church Planner Podcast? It's Church Planner Podcast. That's funny. Oh, yeah, because it's Church Planner Magazine. It's not The Church Planner Magazine. Wait, you thought there was a the in front of it? I, you know, I, yeah, The well, Church. I think it's When because... I tell people, I say The Church Planner Podcast. Well, I think me too. Because, me too. Yeah. But that's just because the the fits. It's kind of like... I haven't reached that point where I can say Holy Spirit like the way A. David does in the Voxer group where he's talking about like his friend. You know, like I don't say the Peyton Jones, yeah, but I do say the Holy Spirit. Personal and, pronouns. And but he's like, you know, Holy Spirit was telling in like it's a friend, right? Yeah. And I totally get I haven't reached that point where No, where, I <laughs> but the same thing with a- the same thing with Church Planner Podcast. I Man, I have to say the Church is just going through my head. See, I'm easily confused. Um, it's it's like on Monty Python, the parrot sketch. He's a Norwegian blue. He stuns easy. He does. That's you know, which you don't get. No. You don't know Monty Python. No. <laughs> By the way, I just read like if Church Zero were a novel, which it's not. It's a church planning book, but it is crammed full of '80s pop culture. If that book, ching. Church Zero, ching If that book were a novel, it would be called Ready Player One. I just finished that, and I'm like, my soulmate. Everything I grew up on in the 80s is a, like literally, it was like all the same. Pop, it was like we grew up in the same house, watched the same cartoons, ate the same breakfast cereals together. Fruity Pebbles, man, it was rad. Everything was in there. I love you, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, it is so good to have the soundboard on full capacity. No more set phasers to stun, boy. That was shoot to kill. Hey, so, uh, yeah, so I was sick over the weekend. and uh, I can hear it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have sexy voice again. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and so what happened was, I, you know, uh, I'm okay Friday, and Andrew's away. Like, this makes it even worse, right? Like, she's away teaching a retreat. Um, if you uh, want to hire her, by the way, it's rightnowaccountsforever.com. Cha-ching! It's and, what? Uh, <laughs> right now, W-R-I-T-E, rightnowaccountsforever.com. Okay, so it's nice and a short URL. <laughs> Perfect. Or, or you can go to churchplanningisforgirls.com, have your females listen in, and I'll read a little bit from the pen of uh, Mrs. Jones, and uh, she, she writes about all things ministry. You know, the, the reality is she was with me during everything I do, and she always laughs and goes, you know, you kind of like get all this glory because you write these books, but she goes... I was there with you the whole time. <laughs> like we both, and it's so true, man. It's like Ginger Rogers, or we're, we're, you know, she danced with Fred Astaire. She said, "Just remember, everything Fred did, I did backwards and in high heels." So if you want to see the woman who did everything I did backwards and in high heels, it was kind of as I've confessed on this before. She is really kind of the real radical in the house. Like she's the one that was like, oh, "I'm going to go off the timeline." And- she's way more of a missionary than you are, which absolutely, is funny to me. yeah. Yeah, I would not like I literally everything I write about in Reaching and Reach, um, where I talk about and you know, I just would have stayed in my study and read books. 
And it was probably the biggest tool that the Holy Spirit used in my life. And uh, so I thought you were saying Andrea was the biggest tool. I'm the biggest tool. Leaving it right there, but then you you finished the sentence. We all know I'm the biggest tool, but she was (laughs) she was definitely the instrument, I should say, that God used in my life. Because yes, that never sounds right. But um, that's a spicy meatball. So she Evie Free asked her to come do this thing, and so she went and did it. And uh, so she's she leaves me on on Friday. Now I gotta say, normally I'm really good at watching the kids. Like we have fun. It's like daddy time, you know. It's like you ice are cream such all day. a much better father than me. <laughs> like you, like I get frustrated really quick, and and you don't. Like you were like I don't know how you've gotten your kids to like enjoy all of your stuff more I than know. like girly stuff because you've got girls. But I, like, I know they're in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. They're dressing yeah. up like Jedi's. They got like ninja swords and throwing That's stars. So I'm like, how did you do that? And like, I, I got a know. son who's awesome. And I, your, your son's rad, dude. I secretly covet your child. Just know that. No, no, my missing. son is awesome. No, let me be very clear. I love my kids. My kids are awesome. Your kid but is like, like you were really you, good at being a father. And for me, it's like it's a struggle. Oh, well, your kid, though, he likes all the cool stuff. Like he does. If your kid was like, Dad, I want a chemistry set and piano lessons, we'd both be like, we'd be hurting together, you know? And uh, instead, your kid likes all the – I always tell you, I'm like, hey, dude, when he gets rid of his toys, give them to me. They're so cool. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, the toys never make it to the trash. The dog eats them and poops them out. Yeah, but you know what? That dog's dead. So. Oh, well, th- then the, the, please give me his toys. That's all I'm saying. I can go so, get some out of the poop in the backyard. I think it's still out there. <laughs> we actually thought at one point we could actually build poop like Lego bricks. There were so much Legos in them. <laughs> My dog pooped Lego bricks. That would be painful, by the way. So here's the deal, right? My dog used to eat a towel and she'd have these long pieces of towel come out and it would be like no chucks. TMI, man. TMI. chucks. With poop on each end. No. I, I was like, no. dude, this dog has got to have the cleanest insides ever. It's just wiping everything down all the way through. No. I'm no, just saying. No, no, I'm a nurse and that's too much. <laughs> I'm, I'm a firefighter saying. and that's too much. My eyes, my ears. I'm just so saying. anyways, I don't know something grosser about dogs. I think is it got worms in there. I made it even worse. No, I but my dog doesn't have worms. I'm just saying. My dog <laughs> Everybody is wormless. Everybody says that. And okay, so here's the deal, right? I end up, <clears throat> I end up like, you know, I'm all excited. Friday homecoming game. My daughter's a cheerleader. That was, that was rad because Liberty likes girl stuff and boy stuff, which I always tell her makes her doubly cool. We've always had that talk, you know? And then, um, so she does her rah, rah, rah. And I'm okay. I'm sick. And my, my little daughter's hanging out with me and you know, we're having fun. We go home. We, I get up next morning. I'm sicker than I was Friday night. But it's okay. I I say to Liberty, hey, what do you want to do today? She goes, well, I really want to watch, like, no joke. This was her answer. I really want to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoons. And then I want to watch another Star Wars movie because we're re-going through the saga. So she's ready. But, of course, we're going to the episodes that don't exist in your book. You have no idea what I'm talking about. So we watch watch episode two. and um, Empire Strikes Back? <laughs> so we get through, you know, we get through a, a rad day. We're drawing pictures at one stage, like it's craft time. I'm telling her, you know, when we get back in the house, draw your dream room, put an elevator in it. Like we're just having fun. And then, uh, and I'm drawing my dream office, which I just got to tell you, my dream office looks like the Hobbit hole. It's really cool. <laughs> and uh, so we had fun. So anyways, big round door, everything. And uh, so, <laughs> And then Sunday morning, I wake up and I wake up like, what? You know, like I'm in so much pain. My body is screaming at me like, ouch. And I don't know, like, you know, normally you're sick, like first couple days or worse. This was like, I don't remember being in this much pain in a long time when it comes to being sick. So I stagger into the kitchen. We, I'm looking for like Theraflu or whatever. And all I got is nighttime Theraflu. Now remember, my wife's away. This is like daddy's weekend, right? It's 5 a.m. I'm like, I don't care. Anything for the pain. 
I slammed that Theraflu in like five minutes, man. And next thing I know, I wake up at 10 a.m. My wife's gone. I wake up at 10 a.m. It was like Lord of the Flies, man. Like, I come out of the bedroom. It's like they're eating cookie dough, you know. (laughs) I swear, they're like eating cookie dough out of the tub, you know, those little tubs you buy. And it's like face paint, you know, tribal leaves, rolling boulders off of cliffs onto fat kids. It's total Lord of the Flies, man. And uh, I felt so terrible. And I told my, my wife was cool about it. She's like, well, you were sick, you know, which was rad. Cause I, you know, you're like, I have to confess this. Like, this is terrible. You know, my wife's going to kill me. Like, Hey, I leave you alone. Now my wife likes this. She likes the fact that I get sick when she's away and she will always tell me it's like beauty and the beast. You're like the beast. In many ways, I'm like the beast. I'm very foul, right? <laughs> I have no manners and, uh, and I'm grumpy. So she calls me the beast anyways and laughs at me. But this is one time where she redeems it and goes, you need me. And it is kind of true. But that was my weekend. I thought, I thought that was both tragic, funny and, uh, yeah, all at the same time. Yeah. I don't, I honestly, I, I can't think of like anything really fun that's happened over the last week. So. I don't know what I got to share in Smack Talk. I'm just going to be honest. I don't know that I got much to share. I'm trying to think of what we talked about this week. I don't. Yeah. I don't. I honestly can't think if I've done anything exciting. Oh, you know what? I, I will throw this out there. This is a, a a little plug for myself. Cha-ching! I've decided I'm going to take another small group through my uh, my business growth consulting. For bivocational pastors, this is not nice. Not the bivo inner circle. This is what we've actually the platinum. We've called it the platinum bivo inner circle because they still get bivo inner circle, but it's the uh, the full blown. I'm going to show you guys how to rock and roll at uh, at my level and do the stuff. I'm going to make you a Pete Mitchell. I'm going to make you a little a mini Pete. (laughs) Give me a mini Pete. So yeah, if you're interested in that, then uh, you need to head on over to I think it's strategy session with Pete.com. I think if you head on over there, then you can uh sign up for a call with me, or you can always go to bivowebinar.com, see the whole kit and caboodle. Uh, I got a nice little webinar that I do on that. I think you can also see the replay on that. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna take a small group through it. I'm thinking just uh, just a couple people. I saw something funny this week that had to do with you. I was going back. I was looking for i I'm putting a new book proposal together um, for Zonderbin. And I, I, I was looking back because they want was you that to put, you, Was that you name dropping? I'm going to do a new, another, my third book proposal to Zonderbin. You know, yeah. It kind of was. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? it? It was a little bit. So, so anyways, I'm looking back through my email and, uh, and I'm looking for Carrie Newhoff, right? Uh, Cause hold, they please. want you to give endorsement. Now that's name dropping. Hold please. Okay. Hold please. As they say in Disneyland, un momento por favor. <laughs> that's funny. You better get Travi to take that out. Travi? Or is that you? Is that you? What? You edit these or? Oh. Didn't you tell me Dude, last week Travis, Travis has nothing to do with the Church Planner podcast? Ah, oh, that's weird. I that's also have story. nothing to do with your schedule. I love how you like, hey, here's my new assistant. Can you do? I'm like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have nothing to do with <laughs> hardcore church planning other than well, I produce you it. can't. So anyways, so so Kerry Newhoff. Wait, I'm wait, wait, for wait, his wait, wait. What's his name? Kerry <laughs> Nywolf. Um <laughs> Kerry Newhoff, which we asked him. We're like, we have him on the show. Now, keep in mind, what's funny about this whole thing is this is before he was really famous. Like, he hadn't taken off yet. No one really knew who he was. His podcast wasn't to him. He was just blogging. And early on, for some reason, we saw him on Facebook, and he, he kind of wasn't a thing yet. Now he's, like, huge, you know? And, uh, and, and, and in fact, the reason he wrote, he was going to write the forward, but it, it turned out to be a better afterward for the book. So he's in the afterward for my new book, Reaching the Unreached Teaching. And, um, which you anyways, can find at Amazon.com and wherever finer books are sold. <laughs> but <clears throat> the reason he did it is because in the very early days, like we had him on the podcast, 
You know, we're just like, hey, man, you're talking about reaching the millennials, blah, blah, blah. And we interviewed him, which was kind of a, you know, a good thing for him with where he was at in that day. But what was funny is we're talking back and forth to him. Um, and I found this email thread and you're ripping on him for his red hair. I was. You're, you're, you were. You were saying like, oh, see, I knew we couldn't trust him. Like he changed, he had to change the time or something. And you're, you're, and he's included on these emails and you're like, He's a ginger nonetheless. Knew we couldn't trust him. It was so funny, man. I, I don't think that was from me. I wouldn't it was. call one it was of my you. own a ginger. You did. You I did. I don't know. Well, actually, maybe maybe that was me saying that. I'm pretty sure that was you saying I could have sworn it was you, but what was funny is the, just the funny banter. You, you don't understand the sore spot <laughs> in a, a redhead's life when he's called hey. a ginger. Hey, you don't understand. I understand. I have short man syndrome. So I'm just when saying. You call me little buddy. I get it. I get it. <laughs> you are the host of my little Joe. Oh, I got smack talk. I got smack oh. talk. You saw my Halloween costume. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, is that not the best? Dude, Luke was like, I want to see you in it. I want to see you in it because he didn't get to see uh-huh. me in it. So, boys and girls, see you dance in it. I want to see you dance. I bought two, buddy. I'm trying desperately to get Jamie to wear the other one. Oh, <laughs> tell her not to break my costume. Oh, it's for you. It's for you. Pete and I are gonna find an ingenious way to slip that into a pitch oh, on I- one of our marketing videos. Like that's definitely happening. <laughs> I know. Exactly. You Me know, and you dressed up. Here's in the, the funniest night. thing. Here's the funniest. Okay, so boys and girls. Here's what my Halloween costume is. If you've been a long-time listener of the show, you already know what it is. If this is one of your first episodes, this is why we are called the Beavis and Butthead of church planning. So Peyton and Andre had this conversation years ago where kind they're like out shopping, and Peyton finds this T-shirt of Jesus riding a T-Rex, and he's like – Which I bought. He's like, this is the greatest T-shirt ever. And she's like, no, it's sacrilegious. You can't buy that. And he's like – it's my two favorite things, dinosaurs and Jesus. This is the greatest T-shirt that's ever been made. So, so the the joke is he, he and I'm, this is how he told me the story, and he has since changed it. But this is how he told me. He said, "When we get to heaven, if we see Jesus riding up on a T-Rex, I'm just gonna look at you and wink." He told Andrea this, right? Yeah, yeah. So on Facebook, I see this great blow-up costume that you wear. And it makes it look like you're riding a T-Rex. I bought two of them. Yes. And I had to try one on. It's the greatest thing ever. I was like, I really, you know, it's one of those one size fits all. And let's face it, I'm like two or three sizes. <laughs> so It I'm looks just... rad because your body's big and your little legs hanging little down. Legs. Oh, my gosh, dude. You look like a cartoon character. I'm, I'm going to wear like a, a white shirt. Because the picture, I just like literally it came in the mail. It came from China. Right, it took forever to get here. <laughs> <laughs> and And so I just like I had to like drop my shorts right there in the kitchen and like put the costume on. And so that's why I was wearing the blue shirt. So when when I when Halloween comes around, I'm gonna wear probably a white shirt because I think it'll go over better. I'm glad you got that costume before we go to war with China, man. That's all I'm saying. Because but you know. here's what I'm thinking: when we get invited to be the MCs at the next exponential conference, which hasn't happened but will happen, we just walk out there on stage in our in our T Rex costumes, and we don't even mention it. Like, we oh, don't yeah. allude to it. We just walk out there. Dude, so that could happen because when I was at the last Exponential Conference, this guy did a summary of the whole thing. He came out dressed like Prince. Oh, did he did really? a whole little little red Corvette parody with all the lyrics in there about what had happened through the week. It was pretty rad. I got to be honest. Do you remember the one time that they did the Exponential and – um there was someone who was like drawing on the whiteboard behind the speaker, whatever they were talking yeah. about. And like France Chan's like, this is really weird, dude. What are you doing? Like- <laughs> that was like so trendy back then. I remember coming back to America and people are like, when the preacher talks, people write on a whiteboard. And I'm like, that's lame. Like, why? Like, I'm artistic. Like, I'm left-handed, right brain. I get the artsy thing, but that's re- I'm also a preacher. That's really lame. I would have felt just like Francis. <laughs> yeah, it was so funny, man. He goes, "This is this 
it's just kind of weird. <laughs> There's a guy <laughs> writing. Just... He's drawing what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be better if that guy was doing it while wearing a T-Rex costume, riding a T-Rex. That's that all would be rad. You know, when I was getting ready to speak on main stage, and there goes that name dropping again, um, over at Exponential in D.C., um, Derwin Gray and I were in the green room because he was coming on right after me. And uh, and they go, hey, Peyton, like last minute. Hey, would you put on a Hero Maker shirt? And those shirts are rad. I own like three. In fact, my daughter this morning goes, I was going to the gym and I put one on. She goes, Dad, how come you have so many of those shirts? And I go, they keep giving them to me. <laughs> and anyways, so the, the one I had on was like an extra large. And they were giving it to Derwin to have him wear it. And it didn't fit him. Well, Derwin's a big guy. Extra large. He's a big dude. Look. People but, think but that extra like, large means that they fit big people. No. <laughs> but now get this. I can literally wear a small, right, if I have to. Now, if I'm not in shape, it's going gonna, it's gonna to show my gut a bit. But medium's comfortable. Large is really comfortable. Extra large, I'm swimming in it. And they go, hey, Derwin can't wear his shirt. <laughs> Would you mind putting this on? And I'm there and, you know. Of course, I did have to tell everyone, uh, don't freak out when I take my shirt off. People don't normally see this. You know, don't covet my ripped abs. But um, I, had to, I had to go on stage in an extra large. It, it looked like I was wearing a dress. That's beautiful. It kind of tempered out my moment like, I've arrived on main stage with, yeah, but I'm kind of wearing, you know, Derwin Gray's reject dress. Mm. Welcome, you are. This week's episode of the Church Planter Podcast is brought to you by Regal Theater Church. <laughs> it took forever just to get that, that line up. <laughs> well, I'm looking at you, and you're like, you're like doing all these hands, like, ta-da, with your hand motion, like, hey, this is a first ever commercial we've done for Regal Theater Church. I'm trying and to direct you. Oh. Oh. Go. Go, go. Yeah, see, if I were a musician, like in the orchestral pit, and that guy's up and waving his hands, I'd be like looking up at him. Wait, I'm distracted. I don't know how they do that. Because I'd be looking at my sheet music like, dude, knock it off. You're distracting me, you know. I'm, I'm trying to play this music. So, And this is why it's so hard for us to get sponsors and keep them. <laughs> Regal Theater Church. Everybody knows that church and public space is one of my passions. So when I first saw, and this sounds so much like it can, I have nothing in front of me. I'm not reading. I'm being legit here. But I was laughing because when you do commercials, right? Like, do you hear that in the background? No. Okay. All right. So anyways, when I first saw Regal Cinema Church or Regal Theater Church, I was kind of like, that's rad, man. That's a church invading public space. And the thought is that you take your church and you bring it into a space where people are already trafficking. Rather than trying to get traffic into your space, you invade their space. Now, Sunday morning's not a big movie-going time. So when you use Regal Cinema or Regal Theater Church, what happens is you rent it like you would rent every other or any other building. You can also do events, go see films together during the week. You could start a film club. I mean, the possibilities of that are unlimited. So if you're only thinking about schools or community centers, head on over to corporateboxoffice.com forward slash theater dash church to check out the possibilities. Now, by the way, their team is filled with former church planners. All four guys that work on the Regal Theater Church are former church planners. And they also have a partnership with Portable Church, one of our other sponsors. So be sure to check them out and see what they can offer you for a package. What's that URL one more time? That was corporateboxoffice.com forward slash theater dash church. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. So what's today's topic on the Old Church Planner podcast? It's all you and PP. I'm sorry, what did you just call me? <laughs> it's all you and PP. I didn't want to use, you know... <laughs> potty words on the podcast. It was a little bit of shame. You know what? I actually just remembered just a, a smidgen of smack talk. Just <laughs> Too late. Can't cross a, back over. We've done the commercial, man. Just, just a smidgen. You were mentioning the, the shirt problem that uh, you small folk have with them. You know, you, you, you could fit the small shirt. <laughs> I watched Shark Tank. Jamie and I love Shark Tank. This last week, they had these guys on there 
that make shirts that are made for small guys. What? And they go, yeah, the problem is, is, you know, whenever we go shopping for shirts, it never fits right because it's all made for a guy that's six foot. He goes, what about us short guys? It doesn't work for us. Right. And so the whole thing was, you know, short or shirts for short guys. So it's so true, dude. Like, even if you buy a small, it's, it's custom tailored to fit a tall, skinny, small guy. Yeah. Yeah. He said, he said that. Sometimes we have to shop in the children's department, and that's just demeaning. Dude, that's no joke, and I have no pride over that. It's just I got to be in shape to pull those off, but they have the best clothes in Target, man. <laughs> you made me spit out my drink. <laughs> they do. You'll be walking through there going, why can't I find that shirt in the big people section? So I'm just saying that. That's uh, what I call it. There, I call it the big people section. That's the normal. The normal men's department is that's the, big the reason people why I don't. I like people don't understand that a body like mine, chiseled as it may be, <laughs> I get tailored clothes. That's how I do my deal. Do you really? Oh yeah, I don't buy off the rack. Are you kidding me, oh, dude? You were, you were just you. You were so fit in the stereotype of like multimillionaire. That is so rad. I have not bought off the rack in, I, I would say. 10 years at least i want a tailored outfit will you take me shopping i'm telling you once you buy a tailored suit you will never go back to off the rack there's a world of difference between a suit that's been made to fit a thousand people versus a suit that's been made to fit one person okay so like it's funny you're saying this right because my wife she will splash out on a suit for me and i just i just won't buy one right like i have one and it's packed up right now, so I get to tell everyone no on weddings, and I'm so happy. And funerals, shh. And so, you know, but my wife, like, she's all about that. But um, I have to get my suits tailored, even if I buy them on the rack, because of what we're just talking about. Yeah, I could imagine, yeah. and that's why I'm I, like, I can never just wear a suit that I bought. The reason why I wouldn't have invested in this guy's company is because I'm thinking, dude, you guys just need to go tailored. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, we don't want to do that. That's too expensive. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Those are suits that will last you 15, 20 years. That's how good well, they are. And your clientele that's that's going to buy a tailored suit, they have the money, right? But it, it's it's economically better for you. Yeah. It will last yeah. so much longer. I'm telling you. But can you, I get Star Wars clothes? Because you, you see my wardrobe. My, my wife the other day makes this comment. This is a really long smack talk. Sorry, guys. I, I have my suits made from a guy in Hong Kong. And, and <laughs> is that near Garden Grove? I've heard of that. No, it's uh, I have to pay duty to get it into the country. Oh, that's rad, dude. Uh-huh. Well, here, here's the thing. Like my wife the other day goes. That was an Indian accent, me, by the way. He's Pakistani, not Indian. So sorry about that. No, it, it, she she tells me the other day that I basically have clown clothes, right? Like Who told she, your wife told you that? Yeah, she tells me. She goes, you know, um, your wardrobe. <laughs> she goes. It's, you know, you used to wear clothes that were kind of cool. She's like, now, she's getting older. She's like, now they're, they're clown more clothes. like, they're what? Now they're clown she clothes. She didn't say clown clothes, but that's kind of what she was trying. She's like, they're more like, kind of like geek clothes, like, like superheroes. And she's like, every time I look at you, it's like I'm looking at a comic book. And I just started laughing, like. That's rad. And I go, what are you saying? And like, she started laughing. I'm like, you don't like, you don't like the way I dress anymore. And it, it was just, it's 20 years of marriage. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, back to our, our topic for the day. Uh, I went to prison. <laughs> That's the best segue into it ever. <laughs> What's funny is I didn't actually go to prison. <laughs> yes, you did. No, I have, I have oh. not yet. You went to prison foot. school. I went to the uh, – so I've been – as I shared on – I think it was last week's podcast, I, I've been wanting to get more involved in uh, prison ministry. So I reached out to Prison Fellowship, which is the uh, company that was started by uh, Chuck Colson uh, of uh, of Watergate fame. And, and uh, you know, uh, he started prison ministry after he got uh, uh, converted. He got converted in jail, wasn't it? Isn't that where he got converted? I'm sorry. Do you need to handle some business on the side? Because I see you, you're not listening to me. Once I start talking, Peyton just checks out. No, no. I just, my wife texts me. She needs some login for a health plan. We have to renew our health plan today. 
dude, don't even get me going on that. Sorry, so, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, Emergency. so, so I reach out to uh, prison fellowship and they're like, Oh, Hey, we've got, uh, you know, uh, a Monday night meeting in Norco and, you know, a Tuesday morning meeting in Corona. And I'm like, okay, did you not see where I live? <laughs> I'm like, if I got to go to Norco or Corona, it's not going to happen. I'm going to do it for about a week and then go, you out your mind. I am not going out there anymore. It's too far. So I'm like, don't you get, I'm, I'm thinking there's like so many jails right around us, like where I live. I'm like, what about Long Beach, San Pedro, Terminal Island, Santa Ana? Like, any one of those jails you guys got a little something going on? Come on, man. We can't get anyone to go to Norco. Well, that's because it's in Norco. I understand. <laughs> Believe me, I do. <laughs> yeah, there's this thing about, like, putting prisons out in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of a good idea. Um, I don't know about that. I actually would actually disagree with that. Um, really? Yeah, it makes it really, really hard on the families. Like, you want someone who can integrate back into society. How can he do that when he hasn't been able to see his family, communicate with them at all? Mainly because, like, you got to understand, they don't get anything when they go to jail. They don't give them, oh, here's a pad of paper. Here's some stamps so you can write. There's no email unless you pay for it. There's no phone unless you pay for it. They, um, the prison system is such a rig against the prisoner. And I know everyone's Mm. like, oh, well, that's good. No, not everything is like there's, there's a level at which I think we have gone overboard as a society, especially if you want those guys to integrate back in. Did you know that they used to charge upwards of $15 a minute to call your family? No. Who can afford that? How can you have a relationship with your kid? How can you keep a relationship with the spouse? So yeah. like a five minute phone call is almost a hundred bucks. It, it could break you, right? I mean, it could totally break you. So the Congress changed some laws to limit it, but it's still way more expensive than any of us pay on any phone calls that we make. Wow. And so the problem is you stick these prisons out in the middle of nowhere. How can someone get to it? So now you don't have visitors coming. Like everyone's like, Oh, I'm afraid they're going to escape. Dude, people aren't escaping from prisoners left and right. Every time it happens, it's big, you know, news because it doesn't happen very often. I mean, it's not like that's a common thing. It's pretty darn difficult to escape from a prison. So that's just my own little side rant. That's that's anyway. That's beside the point. So I reach out to prison fellowship. I'm like, hey, you know what? Uh, I want to get involved in the. So I brought up the whole, you know, Long Beach, San Pedro, Terminal Island. They're like, oh yeah, you know what? In fact, we got an appreciation dinner. Going on next Wednesday. Um, why don't you come out? I'll put you down. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll go out to it because I don't know anything about prison ministry. Don't have the slightest clue. So I get to go to this, this appreciation dinner and get a free meal. So that's why I was telling everyone, I'm like, yeah, I got to go to prison tonight, but it was at a Tony Roma. So <laughs> 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 I didn't, I didn't go to prison. Still Man, haven't start foot. off prison ministry eating ribs at Tony Roma. Dude, so. The guy next to me was eating ribs. He had the full plate. I was like, man, I ordered the salad. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? <laughs> it was at least a Cobb salad, right? Uh, actually, it was a tri-tip salad. So, you know, I, I, oh, snuck, oh, I snuck in okay, the steak, right. steak that way. Caesar actually, with chicken would have been more modest. True but... story. You know the guy who was sitting next to me? He's an actor. Scott Winter. You would know him. He was the guy in uh, – he's been in, like, everything, right? He was the guy uh, in Goodwill Hunting. If you remember that scene where Matt Damon goes, do you like apples? Yeah, oh, I like apples. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? That was the guy, right? Are you serious? Yeah, that guy. He's been in like everything, right? So like as soon as I, I roll in, I'm like, dude, that guy looks so familiar. And I'm not thinking actor. You would have recognized him because you're like, Mr. Everywhere I go, I see famous people. And I'm like, oh, man, was he at a church? Did we interview him on the podcast? Like, I got all these thoughts running through my That's head because I wasn't thinking actor. Turns out he was also in the TV show Oz, which was an HBO show about prison. Yeah. So he's a, he's a hardcore evangelist, man. Like, I last night I get Are home. Are you I'm, serious? Dude, last night I get home. I'm, like, on IMDb. And so he's got his little bio. The name of his daughters, Grace and Faith. I'm like, come on. And it says, like, his interests. 
And the very last thing is, and reading the Bible. I'm like, dude, dude is a hardcore evangelist. Like he's even got that in his bio on the IMDb. So, uh, so anyway, that, that's just a little side story. Actor eating ribs. It was a, he was a, I don't know if you ate all of them, but it was, I was like, dang, dude, that's a, that's a rack of ribs. That's what that is. Eat that? (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, I've been out with Brandon, right? Brandon Brooks. He's an actor. What does he do? Like, what is he doing? Like, I'm having a salad. He does. I swear. Like, he'll have, like, we went to this rad barbecue place in Nashville and, um, it, it was legendary. And he, he got a grilled chicken, behaved himself and salad. Because you know he's got to he's got to he's got to be fit. He's got to maintain that uh, that boyish good looks of his. I suppose. Yeah. So um, anyway, so I'm at this meeting, and, and this is going to bring up where our topic's going to go today because something did come up where I was like, "Oh, this is such a conversation for the podcast." Um, interestingly enough, so what they did is they went around the, the the tables, and everyone got to basically tell their story how they got involved with the ministry and. And stuff like that. Everyone in there, it, I mean, it was so interesting to me. Everyone in there had either been to jail themselves or had someone in their family that went to jail. And um, and it made sense, right? It makes sense. That's who would get involved in prison ministry. They got that that connection to it. They've gone to it. Uh, this one gal, um, I, I thought her story was just uh, – a you know, really, really cool. Her mom got, uh, I think life in prison when she was 14. And so she's been able to, to really communicate with all the women because they're worried about, you know, I've abandoned my kids and stuff like that. And she was that kid, right. Who lost her mom, uh, who went to jail. And so she's been able to connect with women on a, a totally different level. And I thought that was just awesome. Like everyone's going around. I'm like, man, this is how, God uses the stuff in our lives to bring other people to him. Right. You know, all this, the, the hurt that we've gone through, he can use that. Cause you know, some girl at 14 years old loses her mom. There's all kinds of pain and, and anguish in her life. Right. And, and she's been able to, to use that to, to bring glory to God. I just, it was, to me, it was so cool. Everyone's going around the room. This one guy, um, uh, Nat, cool, cool dude, man. And, um, he's only been out for like five years, but he's like an area director for prison fellowship. And, uh, he's just, uh, I mean, his story was cool. In fact, when he and I were talking, when we first got there, I'm like, I, we got to have him on as a guest to hear mm. his whole story. Um, but, uh, but all right. So here's, here's, here's what I'm going to get to. Here's the, here's today's topic. And I know we're really late in getting to the heart of the topic. Hit me with some nacho. So we get around to this one guy. I'm not going to say his name, but everyone who was there will know exactly who I'm talking about. He's like, I'm going to stand up to talk. I mean, keep in mind, this is a group of like, I don't know, 10 people max. I, I don't even know that there was that many. And he stands up. I'm going to, I'm going to stand up when I talk. And he just starts going off about how prison fellowship is doing everything wrong. And if Chuck Colson were alive today, he'd be rolling over in his grave dying again. And like, he just was like, for 10 minutes, he's going off about how bad things are. And prison fellowship used to have a name and now it doesn't have an, and I'm like, and I, you can see everyone is like, first of all, they're starting to like go, okay, dude, we get your point. You know, let's, let's, let's wrap up this point. And you could tell the two gals who were like running the thing were almost like, okay, he's bagging on the whole ministry. And uh, we got a, a guest here who's thinking about yeah. joining prison fellowship, and this guy's there bagging on it. And you know how do you how do you shut him up? And so it's so funny because I'm sitting there watching this whole thing, and I'm just thinking to myself, every volunteer organization has to have one of these guys, right? The one guy who's going to sit there and complain about everything, and. Honestly, I'm thinking about our church planning groups or core teams and stuff. How do you deal with that guy? How do you deal with that guy where it's like, like, let's take that exact example. It's a let's go around the table and tell our stories. And instead of telling your story, you go right into 
everything that's wrong, offering no solutions yourself, mind you, as they never do. Yeah. It's just, here's everything that's wrong. Here's, you know, and it's, it's not like it used to be. And I've been doing this for 30 years and that's great and all, but. I had I had a guy like that in my last church plant. Um, well, this, my point is, I bet you every church plant has a guy like that. Yeah, you you know, and they're they're usually very well intentioned. You know, they they care about exactly. Things. They do, they do. But there has to be a right way to handle those things, and that's yeah. why I was like, I don't know what the right way to handle this thing is. To like, the guy needs to be heard, but at the same time, he also needs to understand there's a time and a place for this. It. It often okay. So there, there are two things normally. This is what I've, in my limited experience, being such a young man, um, I, you know, I've encountered this multiple times, and usually there's a pattern. Pattern is they mean well, and they want to do something about it, but they don't have the power. And so what happens is you find that people who, like in this guy's case, I'm guessing that he wants to see things happen. And he's not, he's not the power broker. He's not the guy in control. No, he's just a volunteer. Yeah. So, so what he really wants is he wants to run it and he wants to make it a certain way. So he has like probably some ambition. And, you know, often when people are doing that, they're, they're speaking almost like if I led this organization, that's what's really coming through, but they don't have the leadership skills to know that what they're actually doing is inappropriate, which is why they're not in a position of leadership in the first place. I don't know. I mean, I don't know that his, I don't know that he would want to lead it because he's just a volunteer. Well, you'd be, you'd be surprised. You're talking about a national right? organization and he's just literally yeah. a volunteer. Well, what I'm saying is he, he may not want to lead the entire organization, but there's obviously a local chapter. Like you don't know. Oh, that's really, true. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Yeah. yeah, sure. It could just be that group that was meeting in Tony Roma's. You know, it could be a a, a slightly larger group. But there's there's something. Apparently, that he did he, that at the convention as well. <laughs> you know, they have exactly. like an open mic thing, and he gets yeah. up there. And, yeah. yeah, he wants to be heard because he feels there's these changes, and you know, and 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 sometimes when you're frustrated with those things, you you feel like you could do a better job and what have you. I remember a guy. Um, he was, uh, in one of my church plants and he really wanted to be a pastor mm. and he wasn't a pastor and he kind of had hung around places for a long time and guys had kind of spun him along like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, just serve for a while. And he, he, he had skill sets and he had some giftings, but there was just kind of something not right. Mm. You know, there was kind of. And I don't know what it was, but I, I, I remember people who knew him who would say, hey, um, you know, I knew him in this capacity and I heard that he's with the church plant and this wasn't pastors. And say, can I just give you my experience and um, just out of caution? And so, OK, you know, but they weren't things that that I had personally seen. And so I, I decided, well. I'll give him a fair shake and, um, you know, just let him start. But he had that kind of thing. And I told him almost right away. I said, Hey man, look, um, I know you got strong opinions. Cause he did, he, he publicly did said something. And this is before we had established leadership. And I said, look, I, I know you want to be on leadership and I don't know you well enough to know if you have pastoral giftings. I know that people have spun you along for a number of years. I'm going to put you in the position of a deacon and I'm going to ask you to serve. And I know you've probably, cause I knew his history. I said, I know you've probably been told that a lot, but I will, I will give you my word that to be honest, you're under probation for me because I don't know you and I can't take anyone else's word for you. I'm not going to put you in a position of power, but what I'm going to do is put you in a position of service. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to watch you and observe your leadership skills with people. And I just, I just shot him straight, you know, and then I told him, but I will give you my word that the second I don't see pastoral qualities in you or eldership, you know, don't think your eldership material, I'm going to let you know. I'm not, I'm not going to, um, spin you along. And, um, basically just have you 
feel like you're in a waiting because everyone else hasn't. I told him, I said, I think everyone else hasn't known what to do with you and they haven't known how to deal with you. Mm. And I said, I'm just going to shoot you. And in, in this church plan, I was known for shooting straight. And I say, give me my word. Second, I feel, no, I don't think you're meant for eldership here. I'm going to tell you and I'm going to know why. I'm going to come to you with a list of reasons. And he said, thank you for that. I, I respect that, but he didn't. And it was because he came with all these things that were done wrong. And, um, so, you know, for him, it was kind of like a deal where suddenly I was able to just kind of call it. And what I said to him was, I said, Hey, what you said back there, you know, I, Hey, I got no issue with you when you feel something, but brother, that's not the time or the place to bring it up in that kind of context where you just, you just launched like a hundred darts at, you know, and, and it wasn't at me, it was at someone else, you know? And, and I was able to say, look, you just kind of, you gotta know. So I said, look, I'm here, we're doing this church plant. Um, you can't really be bringing things up like that. Come to me when you have something with me or you have something you think, come to me, just talk to me. We're not going to do that in a public forum anymore. Can we, can we make that agreement? And he said, yeah, absolutely. Never had that problem with him again. That's cool. Yeah. And it was cool. And he was, he was a smart dude, you know, and he, he had a good mind on him, you know, but, um, interestingly, (coughs) I was just getting ready to, um, to tell him, Hey, I don't see eldership material in you. And here's why. And, um, right at that moment, it was literally that week, I got a phone call from him and someone had said to him, Hey, um, can you come over here and help us? And he was gone and it it was just really interesting. And I, and on that phone call, I said to him, Hey, I was just getting ready to say that I didn't think it was going to be a good fit for you here. And here's why. Boom. And, but we've maintained a friendship. In fact, there's been a couple of times he's reached out and called me and, um, but it was really nice because he, he didn't, part of it was he had just been invited somewhere else to go help them. And he was like, Hey, I know my place, you know? Um, so he didn't, he, he wasn't, he was leaving anyways, but you know, my thought in sharing with him anyways was, Hey, I think I need to help you. Right. You know, this is just my opinion, but here's what I think. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. One of the other things uh, <clears throat> that I want to bring up with our, our church planners, um, you know, we talk about Christianity is not a spectator sport. And we've kind of turned Christianity as a church into a spectator sport, right? Where, as you like to put it, we come and we watch that other guy's gift. Yeah. You know, the big speaker or the worship leader or whatever forgetting that God has given us gifts as well that he wants us to use for his glory. And um, interestingly enough, so I was talking with uh, the guy, uh, uh, Nat, I want to say Nate, but it's not Nate, it's Nat. And, um, and Nat was telling, cause he's got the territory from Fresno, like down to Bakersfield, like all the prisons that are in there. He's the area director, what we call the fun zone in California. Oh my gosh, right? Like, who wants to be there? Why? Fresno you... to Bakersfield. Who did you make mad? You know, my family's all from Bakersfield, right? Yeah, my best, well, my, my, my two best friends are from Bakersfield, so. Wait, what? <laughs> I, thought, I have two. I have two best friends. I'm not from Bakersfield. from Bakersfield. I've never lived in Bakersfield. What oh, are you talking okay. about? Well, you're, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's all, it's all north. So anyway, one of the things that I thought was really interesting when he and I were talking, I was like, I got to get him on the podcast. I didn't tell him that, but I was so thinking that when we were talking. There are a ton of prisons that have a very weak or no Protestant influence in the church or in the prison at all. And he was telling me, he goes, I got prisons where the Mormons have a big uh, presence there. The Jehovah's Witnesses have a big presence there, and there is no Protestant influence at all. And I'm sitting there thinking, dude, what is wrong? What's wrong with this picture? 
Like, there's more Protestants than there are Mormons. Why aren't we in the jails? Right. And I just got to encourage you guys, if if you've got a church plant, you know, I, I'm going to tell you right now, maybe you need to think about getting involved in the prison ministry. And, uh, you know, reach out to prison fellowship or, you know, whatever local organization. I, I'm willing to bet that there are people in your church who would take to this like a duck to water. Well, it's really interesting um, that you're mentioning this because um, we kind of interestingly had, you know, when we started, we had guys going into prison in the very beginning. Um, you mean because they were getting sentenced? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it was like a, they were they were turning themselves in, and uh, they were and, they, and, they were not going there just as missionaries. They no, were incarcerated they were going, hey. missionaries. Yeah, they were like, hey, I got a warrant out, so I gotta I gotta turn myself in, and um and and so we were talking back then about what what are we gonna do, and um we didn't like I'm kind of surprised to hear what you're saying about you know I I don't think many people know out there that there's a big opportunity, and Huge. if what you're saying is true about hey where are the Christians at in here, that's a big deal. It's I honestly. I was kind of dumbfounded because I was like, I can understand the Mormons being in there. Jehovah's Witnesses actually kind of surprised me because it's such a smaller group. And he's yeah. like, no, dude, they got a huge presence. Wow. And I'm like, okay, and we're not doing anything. We're not in there. What in the world is wrong? Yeah. Like, I, I understand a lot of people are like afraid to go to prison or whatever. Dude, look, seriously, stop watching TV. Nothing's going to happen yeah. to you. Yeah. You're a volunteer. You're not an inmate. And I might get a shiv. <laughs> you're not as a volunteer going to get shivved. Okay. <laughs> Inmates might get shivved. Correctional officers eh, maybe get shivved, but the volunteer is not going to get shivved. Right. It's just not going to happen. So I, I was just like this one guy who I was sitting right next to, Bill. B Dude, Bill was freaking awesome, right? He's like, he's this old dude who pretty much every night of the week, he's in a prison or with a church on mission. <laughs> like every, wow. every day. He's a chaplain at the Twin Towers in uh, Los Angeles, big prison there. Um we need to interview him for oh, hardcore, dude, he, man. Would, he would be get awesome. him on here. Get him he, on here he next week. He gave me week. his number, man. He gave me his number. Let's let's get him on the podcast next Thursday. No joke. But he was funny. He goes and finally at the end, after he like goes through every night of the week what he's doing, he goes, "Yeah, I'm not married, so I got no one to answer to." <laughs> it's it's like, so true, though, right? Oh, like, that's it. Yeah. Almost. I was talking to another guy this week, and the guy, same thing. He's he's working like kind of like halfway houses. He catches guys on the on the backside of prison. So you get out. The guy's got his PhD in theology, and yet he's hanging out with addicts and ex cons, you know, during the nights. And my bu my buddy's telling me about him, saying you need to interview him. He, you and he would get along really well. And he goes, but he's not married. And I said, well, of course not. I already put that together as soon as you said that because he's doing that much. Because he's doing that. So like that's where Paul says. It is better if a man is alone. He says, I wish that you were as I was. I wish you could all be like me. But what I love about Paul is Paul is saying, you don't have those limitations. You only need, Paul's talking there, not about a personal like sacrifice to God. You please own it. Like you're some Catholic priest, you know, celibate. What Paul's saying is you could do anything. Like literally there's no limits on what you can do in ministry. But he goes, but not all are like me. Therefore, you know, it, a man must please his wife and the Lord. And that's a holy thing, too. But, you know, the the single guy is sometimes going to envy the married guy and go, you know, this is a hard life. And sometimes I just want someone to talk to and, 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 and you know, turn to at the end of a hard day like this. And then the married guy is sometimes going to be like, man, I wish I could do that stuff. You know, that's the stuff I... I got into ministry for, right. but each one, that's why Paul says each one remain as you were when you're called. Yeah. You know, when you were called that, that was God's path for you. You know, each, each one of those is a holy calling. Don't envy the other dude's role, you know? Right. 
Yeah. That's rad, man. So, I mean, there's just, uh, the, you know, the, uh, probably the, the thing that I heard the most from several different people is the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Yeah. And it's it, one of the unfortunate things that happens a lot in, in ministries. Let's say you got a new pastor, new to a church. Um, a lot of times the, uh, you know, the elder board, the, the, the board that hired the pastor will be like, well, you know, he needs to get a little bit more experience. You know, we'll go send him down to the prison. You can't really screw anything up down there, you know, because right. those guys are already so But Honestly, to me, when I hear stuff like that, I'm like, you are devaluing all those souls, all those people. That's yeah. not right. Um, there is a, a mission field where talk about an, an easy mission field. Like they get to come to you. And for them, it's, it's like, dude, first of all, it gives me something to do. So I want to go do something like my buddy who is in jail right now. He goes, it is groundhog's day here. He goes, it is the same thing every day. It is so mind numbingly boring here. So like them being able to go to anything, whether it's like a life skills class, which is apparently what they do at the, uh, the terminal island one. It's a, it's a life skills. They go, it's kind of like an undercover Bible study because it's life skills is what they're coming in for. And then we squeeze in all this other stuff. I'm like, dude, I'm down with that. That's cool. You know, right. Um, but we, you got an opportunity here, man. And I'm just telling you guys, we got to get serious about some of these things. Those and, uh, my wife and I were talking this morning too about uh, the foster kids who age Mm -hmm. out. I remember reading uh, Brandon Hatmaker's book, and it's heartbreaking. It's like some absurd amount of foster kids who age out of the system uh, commit suicide. It's something like 20%. I mean, it's Well, because isn't it something like 85% of them end up in the sex trade? It could be. I know it's insanely high how, how many end up being incarcerated. Yeah. Um, Cause think about it. They got no one, right? They've been in the system, have no parents and then they age out. So now they don't even have the system. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense why it's such a mess. And, and I'm just looking at that going, dude, okay. We got all these quote unquote Christians all over this country. Why aren't we doing more? You know, yeah. it's time to, yeah. it's time to start doing stuff. I'm hearing some machine gun preacher come out of you, Pete. You ever seen that movie? Dude, that was so awesome. It's a rad and movie. And I'm not remember? talking about like that Calvary. We need to do <laughs> He was remember, like. Remember when he comes back and he's talking to his church and he's just totally beaten up on him because he's like, he can't understand. Like, why don't you guys see this? Why does yeah. nobody care about this? Because he's just been over there watching it. I would imagine as you start getting more and more involved in this, that's, that's, you're going to get more of an edge. I think that's what frontline ministry does to people is it gives you more of an edge and it, it, it kind of makes you more like exactly what you're saying. Like, like to hear that report that Christians aren't in there, like that's, that's got me thinking brother. So I want to go to that next meeting with you and, uh, we, we, I don't know if you'll pass the background check. (laughs) Maybe not. (laughs) Dude, I don't know if I'll pass the background check. I'm like, I I don't know. Well, hey, guys, listen, you can't be doing your church plant and do prison ministry and do the bookkeeping for your church. <laughs> wait, so wait, you can't? There's got to be a solution. What would that solution be? Well, uh, simplifychurch.com is the solution that I personally use, Pete. Yeah, In fact, yeah, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely simplifychurch.com. <laughs> yeah, got to call Ginger. Yeah, definitely call Ginger. Simplify Church. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Got it numbers. <laughs> this is why go we Vegas. lose our Hot sponsors day. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna go to Vegas. Yeah. Hot date with Ginger. Oh so my Gin- gosh. Ginger <laughs> Ginger's my personal uh Spotify uh, not Spotify, sorry. <laughs> Simplify church. <laughs> Can you please keep our sponsors straight? I still can't believe last week you're like, you know. Blah, 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 simplifychurch.com. I can't believe you do this stuff. At the end of the phone call with you yesterday, I still can't believe you said blah, blah, blah during our, <laughs> our ad. So so simplifychurch.com, it will take care of all your bookkeeping, IRS compliance needs, uh, anything that you need. I've, I've used them to help me with my 990. I've used them to help me with my church insurance. 
I've used them to help me with almost anything I need. And their services are vast. They'll even provide you like a VA, a virtual assistant. Um, they're, they're a lot more than just bookkeeping. They are church planters, but they know what they're doing. So get on over to simplifychurch.com and see how they can help you out. There's no commitment for even emailing them, calling them, just getting in touch. It's worth your time, literally. I agree. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, guys, <laughs> thanks for joining us for this crazy little podcast. And uh, this has been the Church Planner, or this has been Church Planter Podcast, <laughs> reminding you that if you want to reach the ones no one's reaching, you need to go where no one's going, like Norco, and do what nobody's doing. Hello. Hey. Hey, this is Nigel. I'm a little hesitant to leave this message for you, Pete, because it was a little embarrassing when you put me on your podcast. I, I'm not a church planter, Pete. I don't even know what that is, to be honest. But, Pete, I need you to call me, please. If you could call me back, it would be much appreciated, Pete, ever so much. Please, Pete, call me. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. dot